is Express FM. Supported by Portsmouth College. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal! What a pass! A wonderful strike! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. When you come from Portsmouth and live in Portsmouth, you grow up wanting to play for Portsmouth. If I can lead the boys to success and lead the team out, that would be a real dream come true. Action and reaction. Such a massive club. I'm so, so happy to be a part of this, this journey and hopefully get this club to the next level and where it wants to be. Giving Pompey fans a voice. That's what makes this football club so special is the fans. I'm not a Portsmouth fan, but I'm an adopted one now. I love this football club. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the championship. Could a qualified official please make themselves known to their nearest steward? This was the announcement made at Fratton Park during 25 minutes of madness on Saturday. I think the fourth official's now done a call. What's the stoppage for? What's the referee doing? What's going on? Oh, what on earth is going on? Assistant's walking over as well. I think I think the I think the fourth official can't run now. I think he's done his car. In a bizarre turn of events, not one, but two of the EFL officials nominated to run the game at the weekend pulled up with injury, leaving Blues fan and qualified referee Julian Browning to step in and save the day. He's been speaking to me about the emotions flowing through his mind as he stepped onto the hallowed PO4 turf to run the line for the final 35 minutes. I probably knew of quite a few people in and around the ground, you know, from, uh, over the years, friends and guys I've refed, guys I've played with. So I wasn't sort of scared in any way. Uh, I think I was more just wanted to get it right. We'll hear from him tonight and I suppose we'd better provide reaction to the game itself too. Head coach John Messino provides his assessment on Saturday's goal of draw with the Robins. In terms of summing the game up, I thought we were completely dominant throughout 90 minutes without creating enough to, to win the game. That's four unbeaten to start the new league campaign, but should Pompey have claimed maximum points on Saturday? Did the lengthy stoppage disrupt the Blues' momentum or are there no excuses for the performance we were given? Have your say. 81400 is our text number. Make sure you start your messages with the word express. Otherwise, email sport at expressfm.com. Use at expressfm on Twitter. Find us over at facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live or take advantage of the Express FM app. Plenty to get through tonight. So without any further ado, I bid you good evening and a welcome to the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Hello there and welcome along to this Monday night edition of the Football Hour brought to you by our good friends over at Stagecoach Across the South, getting you through Hampshire and across the South Coast with ease and at affordable prices too. Visit stagecoachbus.com for more information. On the way tonight, we'll deliver full reaction to the weekend's board draw at Fratton Park, including the thoughts of head coach John Musino. Stand-in linesman Julian Browning chats to us about the insane experience he had covering for the injured officials on Saturday. And it wasn't just the men in action against Cheltenham at the weekend. We'll hear the highlights of a cracking opening day for the Pompey women, as well as look ahead to the Blues opening Papa John's Trophy group stage game tomorrow evening. But before any of that, let's quite reluctantly take you back to Saturday and find out exactly how Portsmouth and Cheltenham Town played out a goalless draw at PI4. Everything we do is passionately pumping. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shooting scores! 90 minutes of passionately pumpy commentary. He scored! This is... You want to believe it! Pompey Live. 
Run away at Frampton Park. Scully cross to the far post. Robinson! He can't get on the end of it. And it goes behind. And he puts his head in the turf because he knows it's half a chance. Very heads half away. Shot from Rafferty! Tipped round the post. Struck it well. Pompey corner, nil nil. And that is the half-time whistle here at Fratton Park. And it comes towards the near post. Heads go up. Cheltenham win the first. Lose for Pat! Still loose in the penalty area. Chocolatey lays it off. White stands it up back to the far post. Still there, not it down! And it is, it is! It's hit the post! Paul Sang has gone over the line. Southall's got the ball. The assistant and the referee say no goal. I think the fourth official's now done a call. What's the stoppage for? What's the referee doing? going on oh, someone, what on earth is going on assistant's walking over as well I think I think that I think the fourth official can't run now I think he's done his his, his, his car so five, 10 minutes are gone in the second half stop for 15 minutes and we're going to keep going this is going to be a late finish nil nil the score hope will be one volley second over the bar it actually sat nicely for him it's still nil nil that's the final whistle, and there's loud boos around Fratton Park on what ultimately is a very strange day at Fratton Park, but a disappointing one because Portsmouth have been held by struggling Cheltenham. It's finished Portsmouth nil, Cheltenham Town nil. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Saturday's goalless draw with Cheltenham at Fratton Park summarised there in 1 minute and 51 seconds probably and quite deservedly uh, the quickest uh, Pompey Live highlights package we've ever created here on Express FM but yeah quite fairly so because there was not really much in it on Saturday afternoon let's take a look at some of the other results across the division then uh, plenty of other exciting games in League 1 um, only one other or oh no two other goalless draws on Saturday Bolton nil, Wigan Athletic 4 that's a quite a is it a shock result? I don't know. Is it a shock result in League One? Wigan Athletic winning all three of their games so far. Bolton defeated in that early kickoff. Barnsley one, Oxford United three, Blackpool nil, Leighton Orient nil, Cambridge United two, Bristol Rovers nil, Carlisle nil, Exeter City three, Charlton Athletic two, Port Vale three, Derby County one, Fleetwood Town nil, Northampton Town one. Peterborough United nil. That's Northampton Town's first Neen Derby win in, I think, 13 years. So a, a big result there for the Cobblers. Reading 2, Stevenage nil. Shrewsbury Town nil. Lincoln City 1. And that third goalless draw from League 1 on Saturday, Wickham nil. Burton Albion nil. Which has changed the League 1 standings after four matches quite dramatically. Cambridge United with their third league win of the season. Um, has put that has put used top of the table nine points and a goal difference of plus five Bolton dropped down to second uh, their first league defeat of a new campaign against Wigan Peterborough Oxford uh, Stevenage and Pompey make up the playoff places. Pompey dropping down from fourth to sixth. Down at the bottom, Burton Albion, Leighton Orient, Cheltenham and Fleetwood, all without a win this season, remain in the relegation places. Wigan Athletic, with eight points deducted this season, they've secured three victories from their opening four matches. They're still unbeaten. The, uh, the other game out of those four games was a draw. They're now 19th with two points. Reading have had a point deducted from them. They are 13th with five points, two victories for them so far. This can play pain so plenty to delve into this evening. Mr Alex Fletcher, welcome to the show. Evening, Jake. Welcome for the first time this season as yeah. well, Alex. It's been a it's been a good start, hasn't mm. it? It's not been terrible. And as we all know, it's about how you end the campaign 
more than it is how you start the campaign. So we're going to reflect on a pretty boring nil-nil draw of Cheltenham in a moment, but it is also key to remember that it's not won or lost now, although plenty of course absolutely to be maybe concerned about a few things yeah i think good is the best word i think if you're looking for a team that wants to achieve promotion the best yeah, mantra i always said is two points per game yeah. and as it stands we're, we're we're fulfilling that obviously the table doesn't reflect that but it's very very difficult to see the table at this stage of the season i think you've got to wait at least 10 games before you start taking that seriously i think we've we've shown really really good glimpses of attacking play but we've the early struggles have been highlighted already, which I suppose in some ways is a positive. I think scoring at Fratton Park has been an issue. We can't rely to, you know, on, on these kind of draws. We need to be able to break teams like, for example, Cheltenham down. We need to make sure that we're not conceding first like we did against Bolton. So there are a few issues there, but you know, we've shown some really, really good signs. The away performances at Forest Green in the Cup and then, of course, at Leighton Orient were, were really stand out. And we'll hope to see some more of that uh, on Saturday at Stevenage. So, yeah, good's the best word to describe it. I think we need more, but... Yes, it's a long old season, as you say. Nothing's won now. 42 games still to play in League One this season for Pompey. Also alongside us tonight, uh, joining us from back home, Mr Mark McGee. Mark, are you there, my friend? Hi, Jake. Nice to, nice to be with you guys again. Perfect. Great to hear from you, Mark. Thank you very much for joining us again for the first time for yourself this season. Mark, we've mentioned the nil-nil draw with Cheltenham at the weekend, and Alex has alluded to the fact that Pompey uh, were unable to break down this Cheltenham side. Did you see this as inept, perhaps, on the Blues sort of perspective, that they were unable to break down Cheltenham? Are you frustrated at that? Or do you see this more as, actually, Cheltenham put 11 men behind the ball pretty much from the get-go in that second half? Nobody's breaking them down. What side of the fence do you sit on in that regard? Yeah, I mean, they did set up very defensively. Uh, I mean, you got Curtis Davis at the back, who's uh, a stalwart, isn't he, at this level? And uh, I, I, I think it was pretty obvious from the get-go that they... They didn't really have anything going forward. Um, I can't really remember them threatening at all. And when they did get into the final third, there, there was no one ever in the box. I think that just goes to show how many players they had forward at any given time. Um, and when they did win the ball, uh, if they ever won it off of us, uh, there was no one up there to support them. So, yeah, it was very much a lot of players behind the ball. Um, also, obviously, the, the massive 20-minute disruption or how, however long it was. I, I, th- I think had we just played 90 minutes like we did against... Um, uh, the previous opposition, I forgot who they were now, sorry. Uh, the previous opposition where, where we did carve out a victory in the end and Colby Bishop scored. I think had we gone on and not had a massive major disruption like that, I, I, I do think we would have penetrated, but 20 minutes of just standing around, uh, not knowing whether the game is going to continue or not, is going to affect the players' mindsets and their sharpness. Yeah, absolutely. We will come on to talk about that massive disruption in the second part um, of the show. We're also going to hear from Julian Browning, the Pompey fan, who heroically stepped up to the plate and uh, ran the line at Fratton Park for the final 35 minutes or so. Uh, We're going to come on to that in part two, Alex, but back to the game. And and Mark quite rightfully alludes to there the the performance against Exeter in midweek, the 1-0 victory uh, for Pompey. Colby Bishop on the scoreline in that one. Um, Two goals for him in in a matter of two games of course no one on the score sheet on Saturday against Cheltenham how would you assess the start of the season for Pompey in an attacking sense of course you've got Cassini Yengi four mm. goals from three games now injured for potentially up to October time uh, Colby Bishop back in with the goals but again we mentioned how difficult it was to break down Cheltenham on Saturday are you, are you confident as a Blues fan heading to Fratton Park in the knowledge that we've got proven goal scorers at the club and that you know games like Saturday aren't going to come around too often 
Yeah, I think we've definitely got the, the, the players at the club. I think I'd actually feel more confident with a team that's more likely to come out and, and attack a little bit more, go for a win as opposed to go for a draw. Listen, there are some unique elements to the game on Saturday, but there are also elements that we've been all too familiar with in the last couple of years about teams that will come and set up. We've got one of the narrowest pitches as well, I think, in the EFL. And if you think about if you're trying to utilise wingers, you're never ever going to get anywhere near as much joy from that when you've got teams that come and set up and play a low block and put 11 men behind the ball um, that's the one thing I would say though is I mean I'm very confident with Bishop I'm very confident with Yang being confident with players like Sadie Robertson these players will make things happen at this moment in time I'm not as confident with uh, what we're seeing out wide yeah. so far we've got White Scully that needs to come alive if they're going to be our two starters if not maybe it's time for it when if Yengi's injury isn't too bad put him out wide we've got Kamara need to change things up I think that in the attacking sense because we can't rely on Bishop all season You've highlighted uh, Alex Robertson there the Manchester mm. City loney Alex um, namesake of yours we've seen a couple mm. of three kicks from him so far in a Pompey shirt this season looking at his sort of highlights reel on YouTube he knows how to put the ball into the back of the net from a, a set piece routine and he's come close on, on mm. several occasions in a Pompey shirt already Saturday we saw one just glide over the crossbar you kind of get the sense don't you that, that one is coming oh yeah soon 100% okay. yeah I, I, I think there's there's obviously some talent in that lad I think the problem you're going to have at this level especially when you're a young player is when you come up against teams like we did at the the weekend for me I think that was a game that perhaps Christian Sadie could have played in that more physical presence within the midfield but yeah I mean listen if you keep giving him free kicks on the edge of the box I, mean, I think we've he's had a, a couple already in the games he's played if he's getting one a game yeah they're, 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 they're going to fly and the fact that he's taken pack off of free kicks in certain areas when Pack would have been a shoo-in for that I think really says a lot and Pack being the captain as well I think really really shows that this lad's got some quality but it's about utilising it in the right way you know he'll show some quality but it is going to be more difficult at Fratton Park yeah. he's going to get man marked he's not the biggest player it's going to be tricky yeah. <laughs> Mark m myself and Alex just a moment ago mentioned the, the two strikers the two out and out strikers at Pompey at the moment Colby Bishop and Cusini Yengi the, the form or the latter rather the Australian uh, Cusini Yengi four goals and three matches up until of course his injury he didn't feature last Tuesday in the 1-0 victory of Exeter an unused sub and then of course during the week we came to learn uh, that he's picked up uh, a quite uh, quite a bad ankle injury um, Andrew Moon our, our friend and colleague from BBC Radio Solent confirmed after the game on Saturday after speaking to John Messino that Yengi will be out for six to eight weeks ankle ligament damage and, and Mark this is going to have um, in, in some way shape or form a, a massive impact on John Messino's side and you can't help but feel as well that maybe he might just dip into that transfer market one more time to get someone else in yeah yeah I mean um, yeah you're right I mean it's going to have a big impact do I expect him to dip into the transfer market I mean it, I wouldn't, but at the same time, it wouldn't surprise me just because of the sheer volume of players we've had come in this summer. Um, I do think you know um, Colby. Colby is you know going to be going to be fine in that sort of loan role. Obviously, I, I know we're a bit short now, but I do think, uh, unless I'm mistaken, Sadie or uh, perhaps Kamara could could cover there. So I mean, I, I, I would only want to sign a striker if it was the right fit for the club because, because once the Yangi comes back I think we're already struggling to see some players on the bench um, uh, in, in some games and, and there are a lot of cuts being made and a lot of hard decisions so I, if there was going to be a signing made in that area I'd, I'd like it to be a temporary loan I think just to give us that backup um, I don't want to have to rely on loan players either uh, so yeah it is worrying but I, I think we'll be okay 
and a, a massive blow on a personal scale as well for Cusini, Yengi, Alex. Uh, we, we've already mentioned a couple of times, four goals from three games to start his life in, in a Pompey shirt. Um, massive, massive fan favourite already with plenty buying of the Australian flags. We can still use them for Alex Robertson yeah. over the next couple of months, but the fact still remains that from a, from a personal perspective, I imagine Cusini, Yengi having to get through this after such a, such a positive start, having that momentum, carrying it over, getting the raucous reception from the Pompey faithful to now have to go through the recovery phase of this comeback hopefully in October time November time and really hit the ground running get back onto that kind of form is going to be very difficult both physically and mentally for him yeah, let's hope this isn't um, a sign of things to come. We've seen that with certain other individuals with uh, with injury frequencies. So, uh, yeah, it, it is most certainly a blow. But I think at this stage of the season, you have to... You, you can't just... Uh, listen, you've got Cassini Yengi. He's obviously someone who can play out wide. He can play out front. He's big. He's physical. He's clearly He can clearly finish. But at the same time, you can't simply rely on that one player when you have got... I think three or four wingers at the club. You've got the likes of, I think Mark mentioned, Sadie there who can also play up front. And it's not like you're then losing that influence in the midfield because you've got four or five midfielders. We, in theory, if we've got our transfer business right, should have a deep enough squad to contend with a couple of injuries, no matter how important the players are. If Kobe Bishop had been injured for six to eight weeks and Yengi was available, fine, you put Yengi in the team. You know, it's it's you have to have that cover, and I think that's what the recruitment was all about in the summer. Listen, only time will tell whether that's actually been been fruitful for us, but that should always be our plan. You should always plan for these kind of eventualities. It's a massive blow for him personally. It's 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 going to be difficult because he's hit the ground running, as you say. He's obviously really taken to the club, taken to the to, to the supporters. But you know, for him, it's going to have to be about how you come back from that. You know, you're coming back two months into the season, you've still got the majority of the seasons ago you've got the difficult periods over christmas to go you've got you know the 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 run-in towards the end if we're hopefully fighting for something you know to contend with there's a lot more football to play he's got to get his head down and recover as quickly as possible and he cannot let his head drop as a result of this alex thank you very much mark as well thank you do hold tight we'll be back with both of them in just a few moments time a couple of you getting involved on the social media platforms already as well thank you very much to you know who you are i will get to some of them in just a few moments time but after the break we're going to hear from the man who stepped in and ran the line for the second half on Saturday. Blues fan Julian Browning has been talking about how it all happened for him and the kinds of questions asked of him by the referee before actually being allowed to put his boots on. Once I confirmed who I was, you know, my, my registration, the credentials with Hans FA and yeah. date of birth and everything, and it was me. And they'd asked how much I'd had to drink, obviously, because <laughs> I was in hospitality. But uh, I go there as a social thing with friends and family every game. So, uh, you know, it's not about having a beer. So I was actually fine. I'd, I'd not had a beer. No. So uh, once they were happy, we were OK. <laughs> <laughs> An interview of epic proportions and one you really, truly do not want to miss. So join us again in just a few moments' time for the return of the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. We know entertaining the kids can be tricky at the best of times. That's why Stagecoach is here to help. During the school holidays, up to four people, maximum of two adults, can travel with our Portsmouth Group Dayrider for just £5. So that's your travel sorted. Now you just need to decide what to do when you get there. Special offer tickets are only available from the driver. Cash and contactless payments accepted. Leave the car at home and enjoy a day out by bus. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. 
Welcome along to part two of tonight's edition of the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM, driven to you by Stagecoach Across the South. You can download their app right now from the Apple app or Google Play Store. You can find out where your nearest bus stop is and even prepay for your ticket as well. For more information, head to stagecoachbus.com. But it's not just the Stagecoach Bus app we want you to download this evening. If you haven't done so already, do utilise the brand new Express FM app. You can get in touch with the show and any other show on the station, of course, throughout the course of a week. And you can also send us a voice note, you can send us a message and do plenty of stuff that you could also do, of course, on our website. You can listen back to previous episodes of the Footblower if you missed them or just want to hear our lovely voices again. So the Express FM app has got everything you need uh, from an Express FM perspective, of course. Right, thank you very much for joining us. We've got uh, Alex Fletcher and Mark McGee on the show with us this evening and a bit of news coming out of Fratton Park tonight, uh, dead on six o'clock as we went on air. Uh, an official statement from Portsmouth Football Club to say that the game against Barnsley scheduled for this September, so just a couple of weeks' time, has been postponed. The Blues have exercised their right to call off the game due to international call-ups. Uh, that game, of course, was supposed to be taking place on Saturday, the 9th of September, and a new date for the game at Oakwell will be announced in due course. Um, Alex, we found ourselves in a very um, similar situation to last season. The mm. Barnsley away game, which back then was supposed to be um, in September, different circumstances now this is the international break last year it was of course the the sad passing of of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth Um, but just the prospect of Barnsley away on on a Tuesday night again yeah yeah I I did Barnsley on Tuesday night last year and you know not just because we lost 3-1 yeah, it's a, it's a difficult trip considering it's likely to going to be it's going to be scheduled for January, February, March yeah. time when it is very cold, particularly in that part of the country. But listen, I, I think we're just saying off air there about how I, we think that League One really mm. at this stage should have that break for the international break because so many games get called off and then they're on odd Tuesdays here and there. Sometimes can just be luck of who you're playing. Does your opposition have international call ups? Do you have international call ups? Yeah. It's, it's just luck of the draw sometimes. So yeah, I do think. We're not too far away from uh, from League One, possibly even League Two as well, being being uh, cut out for that entire. Or we could just have less international breaks because they're boring. We can all agree <laughs> on that. Come on. Yeah, definitely. Um, unless there's something to play for, maybe. But maybe, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah potentially um, something in a few years for the EFL to look at with with the, with the volume of League One games being called off due to the international break. It could be they follow suit with the Championship, whereas uh, in, in that division, of course, the Premier League Two, the games are just automatically well, not called off but it's just not scheduled for the international break because too many of the teams have got international players and that is starting to become a bit of a trend in League One as we know with the, with the volume of big teams coming down from the Championship Pompey of course exercising their right to have that game at Barnsley postponed on September the night we'll bring you news on the rescheduled date for that one as soon as we get it of course right back to the action and it wasn't just the men at the weekend in action against Cheltenham Town but for Pompey women as well Jay Sadler and his side took on the Robins on Saturday afternoon at Wesley Park 3 o'clock kickoff for their first game of the new FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division they took on Cheltenham Town and here's how it all unfolded right here on Pompey Live Believe it! Pompey Live against Cheltenham is this the start of something special on the south coast let's find out Cheltenham Town get the game underway going from my left to my right Quirk one on with the goalkeeper she's round Watson can she finish there's your answer Sophie Quirk 
has lifted off Portsmouth's campaign for the 2023-24 season. Lovely ball in behind. Quirk went round Watson and sucked it into the back of the net. From the right-hand side of the penalty area, it's Portsmouth 1. Shelton nil. Quirk with Jones for company. Edge of the penalty area. Onto the left boot of Sophie Quirk. And she's found the back of the net for the second time. Fantastically done by Sophie Quirk. She is lighting up this match day one in the Women's National League. Back on her feet, strikes early into the far corner. It's a great finish for Lumsden. Just as the pressure was building, a debut goal for Beth of Lumsden relieves it. To the byline goes Sophie Quirk, looking for a pass. And it's into the back of the net. Last touch, I think, came off row bottom. Quirk threading it through. Amazing run that took her to the byline. Flash it along the six-yard box. And Rowbottom there to deflect it home. It's Portsmouth 4, Cheltenham Mill. As Quirk has another lung-busting run, careering into the penalty area. Lumps of the company. Quirk goes alone. And there is the hat-trick. An impressive performance by Portsmouth's young winger. Sophie Quirk has sparked into life in match day one for Portsmouth at Wesley Park. A stunning performance and a stunning third goal. No sadness cannot go other people's certainly be served in our country here in Express FM, but that will do it. Great outstanding opening day for Jay Sadler's Blues. 5-0 in the scorching sunshine and a sizzling performance by Portsmouth. It ends at Wesley Park. Portsmouth 5, Shelton Town 0. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aquacars. Yeah, big congratulations to Jay Sadler and the Pompey women for hitting five against Cheltenham on Sunday afternoon. 5-0 victory to start off the new campaign. What a way to start the new season. Sophie Quirk, you just heard there, with a hat-trick for the Blues. Beth Lumsden marking her first competitive start for the club with a goal with Ava Rowbottom also on target in the game. Taking a look at the league table then after just one match day. Uh, Pompey, believe it or not, after a 5-0 win, they're second in the table. Billericay Town recorded a 6-0 victory over Plymouth Argyle. So they are currently top of the Southern Premier Division table. Uh, out of 12 teams, that is, um, Plymouth for Rock Bottom, Cheltenham, London Bees, Chatham and Cardiff, all with defeats on opening day. Billericay top, Pompey second, Rugby Borough, formerly Coventry United, Hashtag United and Ipswich Town women also with victories on the opening day of the campaign. Only one draw out of the weekend. That's between MK Dons and Oxford United. Uh, big shout out, of course, to Matt Drabble and um, Grace Laidlaw for providing the commentary there. You just heard from Wesley Park. Taking a look at the fixtures to come for Jay Sadler's side. Then they next take on Ashford Town in the FA Women's National League Cup. So a little bit of a break from league action already. Uh, that is uh, next Sunday, the 27th of August. Two o'clock kickoff away at Ashford Town, the Robert Parker Stadium. Next up at Wesley Park on Sunday, the 3rd of September. That is against Cardiff City. Back to league action. Again, a two o'clock kickoff in that one, and just in case you are interested, the league campaign for the Pompey women is scheduled to end on the 5th of May. That is, again, a Sunday, 2 o'clock kickoff against the London Bees at Wesley Park. A big, big season for the Pompey women. We've heard this season already on the Football Hour from the likes of Jay Sadler, Eric Colborn as well, director 
of the club and, and high expectations of promotion this season. Of course, the top team will automatically get promoted to the Championship. A change from last season where they would have had to play the winner of the Northern Premier Division in a playoff. That, of course, has correctly uh, been disregarded and uh, the champions of this division will get promoted this season. So best of luck to the Pompey women and hopefully that won't be the last game we cover here on Express FM this season. Okay, back to the action on Saturday afternoon as far as the Pompey men are concerned. Um, Mark, we are now going to talk about the moment uh, on on the 55th minute where the second official of the game pulled up with an injury. Not not the first time it happened on Saturday. Of course, it, it first occurred and the fourth official had to step in for the original linesman after he pulled up with an injury. And shortly after, the replacement, the the, the old fourth official who was then running the line also pulled up with an injury in a bizarre turn of events where I don't think this has ever happened before for, for two officials to pull up in one game on the same touchline as well may I add and a call had to be made over the Tannoy system at Fratton Park asking for a qualified official in the stadium to bring themselves forward and, and nominate themselves to, to run the line for the final 35 minutes of the game Mark how bizarre. I've not seen anything of the like personally in a live football game. No, no, <clears throat> I haven't either. And um, I've got to admit, I didn't, I couldn't go down on uh, Saturdays. I had to watch it from home. So it made for more interesting viewing on the TV than the match. I can give you that much information. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it was very, very bizarre. Um, to, to be honest, there was, there was part of me that which did fear that the game was going to be called off. I mean, yeah. <sighs> I mean, when the when the first official went down, look, I accept that. I've seen that plenty of times uh, on TV uh, on on you know other occasions. Mm. Um, but the 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 second time, it was beggar's belief, wasn't it? Really, yeah, yeah. and and I think I think the the main fear was that oh, could could the game get you know abandoned and rescheduled, which would have been uh, definitely in the favour of um, the visitors. So I, I, I was surprised they weren't pushing that agenda a bit more harshly. But I, I'm glad that the, the, the game prevailed and I'm glad the referee, I have to give him credit, you know, decided to persevere and, and you know, put the answer out to the crowd. I guess we're just fortuitous in this situation that we do draw in big crowds of 20,000 people. I guess that gave us a much better chance. Yep. Um, so so we're definitely benefited there. Um, <laughs> shame he wasn't doing it the whole game. Maybe he could have given us a bit of help because I think we needed it. But um, no, it, it made for um, interesting viewing and um, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm waiting to see it on all the social media platforms online. <laughs> um, I'm surprised it hasn't got more coverage, to be honest. Oh, to be honest, Mark, it has. I don't know if you've missed it, mate, but TalkSport are on it, Sky Sports have been on it, they've shown it on, on TV today. Um, the, the, the Pompey fan, Julian himself, he's been a busy man over the course of the weekend. I felt really bad because we've also had a chat with him. We're going to hear from Matt in a moment as well. But, you know, it, it has it has kicked off today. Um, not, not kicked off in a bad way, necessarily. Um, Alex, in regards to this, it is, at first, a bit humorous that it happens. You know, an official goes down with an injury, you get jaunted by the crowd. Yeah, it's a little bit funny. But for it to happen, not just twice in one game, but three times overall in the space mm. of, what, four days at Fratton Park? Yeah. Of course, the same happened on Tuesday night against Exeter last week. The linesman went down with an injury in actually similar position on the same line. He had to be replaced by the fourth official. And it happened twice again on Saturday. Is this something against the officials? Are they not training properly? Are they not warming up properly? Do they not get the right fitness sort of training during the off-season? What's going on? Or is it just a cursed turf at PO4? What, 
What's going on? There's, there's a lot of theories flying about as to as to who's to blame for this. I tell you one thing: no official is going to want to want to run that line now um, if, if they get signed on for a game at Frasson Park. Look, I mean, people have said, is there potentially something wrong with the turf on that side of the pitch? I mean, you said to me before, there's nothing different than than last season, where I cannot remember one official having any kind of injury, and also there are plenty of other games on pitches that are in much worse states than ours. Newport County comes to mind, where you don't see these kind of injuries frequently. Listen, if there is something wrong with the EFL programmes of fitness, I wouldn't be surprised. Listen, the officials are struggling to get their head around this added time rule, which to me doesn't seem too difficult to get there. So maybe there's... Oh, hang on. Contrary to that. No, no. I was just going to say, just to add on to that, 21 minutes were added on on Saturday when the game will stop for 25 yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, I was watching. Uh, listen, I don't think it would have made a difference. We weren't going to score in a month of Sundays, but, no. but yeah, I think th- this is the problem. I mean, the officials are having such a hard time getting that right. Who's to say that they they've been spending all their time in the classroom and not time out on the pitch training? I mean, it could honestly come down to something like that, where the training regimes just aren't there. <laughs> could be a curse. You don't you don't know. I think it, I think everyone's going to be. Listen, if it's another boring game, at least there's going to be some entertainment with every single fan watching the official that's running the line at the next home game I mean listen we've got EFL trophy tomorrow yeah. I mean what's what's going to happen there everyone's going to be you know chomping at the bit to see if the linesman makes it through the full 90 minutes I mean I it's it's a very bizarre scenario but if it is down to the EFL not training their officials and not having the, the right level of fitness for this kind of game that is completely unacceptable that is absolutely outrageous they've got to be fit they've got to be ready in the same way that footballers do yeah absolutely and in a professional game of football regardless of how funny maybe the Tano announcement was for an official to come out from a crowd it's not acceptable as you mentioned there Alex for this to happen in a professional game and and quite frankly although you mentioned there as well that you know Pompey weren't going to score in a month for Sundays on Saturday because they were just so ineffective in front of goal you can't help but feel the opening 10 minutes of that second half we were improving a little bit mm. that 25 minute break has just completely sucked yeah, any momentum out and it's, it's killed the game but yeah. anyway we're, we're going to move on a little bit we're going to hear actually quite a, a fantastic interview I spoke to Julian Browning he was the Pompey fan who quite reluctantly it has to be said put himself forward to become the standing linesman at the game on Saturday afternoon I caught up, caught up with him earlier today to speak about the experience and just how it all came about well, yeah, those at the game obviously saw what happened, you know, uh, with regards to the two officials. And, you know, I, th- I, I, I can't admit, I've never been to a game before when that's happened. I know it happened at Fratton Park, obviously, on Tuesday, which was a bit strange as well. But uh, see, seeing them go both go down, uh, yeah, that was unusual. And, uh, I mean, at that point, I wasn't really thinking anything um, until the announcement was made about requiring a, 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 an official. And I sat quite still. It was only friends and family that all sat around me that started jumping up and down and shouting and pointing to me in my seat and I'm saying he'll do it he'll do it and I thought no just just sit here you know don't 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 put yourself forward and when the second announcement came it it, it was quite clear that at that point no one had been found so yeah. a bit of peer pressure kicked in so I just stood up and made myself known and yeah then just walked my way down to um uh, to the players area to the dugout and then into the tunnel um, and that sort of started. That's how it all started. Yeah, I must admit. I mean, you, you were sat not too far away from us at the press box. I could see your, your sort of family and friends around you all jumping up and down as you mentioned there, pointing towards you. And yeah, when that second announcement went out, it became quite serious. But there was potential there. I'm guessing the referee had told you, Julian, that if if you hadn't been found, maybe the game would have been abandoned and, and perhaps rescheduled for another time. 
Yeah, yeah, actually, that was the case. I mean, you know, the the, the I think it was the PGMO assessor who was who was just to the left below, probably where you'd have seen him as well. That yeah. was standing up. He he, um, even though he's a, an ex ref, he's not qualified still, so he couldn't do it. And he pretty much said, "We, you know, this is going to be the way." Although uh, both managers were not happy with that. Obviously, uh, uh, Cheltenham were clearly holding on for a point, and Pompey were in the ascendancy. So, uh, um, yeah. It, it, it was as, as serious as that. So um, once I confirmed who I was, you know, my, my registration, the credentials with Hans FA and yeah. date of birth and everything, and it was me. And they'd asked how much I'd had to drink, obviously, because <laughs> I was in hospitality. But I, I am a hospitality season ticket holder, so I don't go there to drink. And, and, and I go there as a social thing with friends and family every game. So, uh, you know, it's not about having a beer. So I was actually fine. I'd, I'd not had a beer. No. So uh, once they were happy, we were OK. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you mentioned there that um, that Cheltenham, they, they didn't want the game to be called off. They, they were quite happy to play, even though Wade Elliott, obviously, being the opposition manager from where he's from as well, born and bred Southampton down the road. He was happy, not happy, probably the wrong word, but accepting of the fact that there was a Pompey fan coming down to, to run the line. He he was okay with that, was he? Yeah. He, he, in his own words, I mean, he said, he said, okay, because they, they, they gave him the option and he, yeah. and in his own words, he, he said, look, I will let my players make the decision, which is fair enough. Cause you know, they're the ones on the pitch. Mm. Um, and he, he disappeared for a couple of minutes, came back and he said, players are happy. I'm happy because they're happy. And the only thing that we're requesting is that uh, he runs, that I was to run the Portsmouth back four because clearly most of the play was was at the front end with Portsmouth attacking. So there was less likely that I was going to, I suppose, make any decisions you know, against Cheltenham's defence if I'd been on the other side, uh, which, is, which was a good shout. Yeah. No, that makes sense. What, what was going through your mind when you were running up and down that line then in front of, what, 17,000, 18,000 Pompey fans at Fratton <laughs> Park? I bet you'd never dreamed that that would happen. Although, obviously, you're in that line of work, you want to be the best you can. But did you ever imagine you'd be at Fratton Park doing that? No, look, look when, you, when you're down King George's and in front of a man and his dog and a few kids kicking a ball about, that's a massive, <laughs> that's a massive jump up, you know. And uh, um, Although I probably knew quite a few people in and around the ground, you know, from, uh, over the years, friends and, uh, and, and guys I've refed, guys I've played with. Um, so I, I wasn't sort of scared in any way. Uh, I think I was more just wanted to get it right you know just 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 do it and, and walk off and and you've you've done everyone a favor just by just by being there and i think that's really what i wanted to do and just finally as well julian um the, the reaction from sort of social media has been in- incredible you've been a very busy man over the course of a weekend doing many sort of different bits for different radio stations and newspapers so first of all thank you for for coming on and speaking to us as well um how has no it been trying to, to manage that, sort of speaking to your friends and your family about that? I bet it's been, you've been a bit of a local celebrity around the city. Well, it's, I mean, we were, we, we, we've sort of, we were, we've had to, the phones have not been, you know, it's, it's not stopped uh, with messages and, you know, great from friends who've got all around the country and all around the world, actually. Uh, I'm an, I'm an ex-Navy, ex uh, 20 odd years, so, and I've not recently long left. So all the people that I've met on my travels, you know, from America and, and Europe and, and that they, their messages were flying in through the night, obviously, because they were behind time and, and began to see what was happening. And um, uh, I was recognised when I left the ground, which was quite interesting, walking back to my car. There was a few people hanging around going, there's the ref, there's the ref. And, and I said, well, uh, um, but most of it's been, yeah, it's just been incredible. Um, the amount of 
request to do radio shows tv everything uh has just been beyond um, all my expectations yeah. and uh, uh and i'm not going to lie i have loved every single minute of it because yeah. it will stop it eventually i know it will why mate why not have your five minutes of fame why not i believe you signed some um, team sheets after the game as well didn't you i heard or read yeah 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 both teams signed a team sheet um oh, cool. uh, which was uh, which was nice of them and portsmouth uh, signed the match ball which the referee had given me so i got the match ball and uh free beer from the from the club amazing yeah <laughs> yeah and uh, i had a phone call today from uh mike jones who is the uh, the pgmo's uh, representative mm. uh thanking me for stepping in and doing the game but also to let me know that he has spoken to the fl and they will be sending me payment for the game. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, that, that, that's really good to hear. And actually, that's something that was on my mind. I didn't, didn't necessarily want to ask. But no, it, it's, it's really good that they've <laughs> at least acknowledged the fact and you're, you're going to get paid for your services. So that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not, to, be, to be honest with you, it's not something that was at the front of my mind at all. You know, the, 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 you can't put a price on getting the opportunity to do that. And, you know, I, I that would have been enough for me. But, you know, respect to them for actually looking at it that way and, uh, you know, and, and considering look you know someone else would have got paid to do it so you know why not so yeah i'll be great i'm very grateful for that julian thank you very much um enjoy your next trip to fratton park hopefully it's not as busy one for you and i really appreciate your time today Uh, no no problem at all it's been good to speak to you thanks massive thank you to julian browning then the uh, the hero of the day on saturday standing in to run the line for the final 35 minutes or so at fratton park you can hear that interview again of course when we upload tonight's show as a podcast just shortly after seven o'clock i will also uh, post it separately as well so you can just take a listen to that if you don't want to hear the rest of the show for some reason right in the third and final part of this evening's show we'll look forward to pompey's papa john's trophy clash with the fulham under 21s and hear matt drabble's pre-match interview with the gaffer john bassino who's been weighing up whether or not his side require any more new faces before the transfer window closes we were just looking at Tom Lowry's injury initially and now with with Cass's injury um, yeah there's there's a slightly different um, sort of dynamic thrown into the mix so um, we're not imminently close to anything at the moment we've, we've got a few options and um, you know we're still reviewing all of those and seeing where we are so yeah not ruling anything out but not saying anything's definitely going to happen stick around and join myself Alex and Mark for the conclusion of the show you're listening to the Football Hour on Express FM This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi 5, a bus ticket that works when you do, for those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5, bundles of five day riders for the price of four, and Flexi 10, bundles of 10 day riders for the price of seven. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome along for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on Express FM, brought to you as ever by Stagecoach Across the South, driving the Great Wall to Front City, getting you from A to B across Hampshire and along the South Coast as well. For more information, head to stagecoachbus.com. Right, we've assessed Saturday's 0-0 draw with Cheltenham Town at Fratton Park as much as we can. Now we're going to move on to the next game. They're coming really, really are thick and fast, aren't they, at PO4. Fulham under-21s make the journey for short journey down from London tomorrow evening for the first game of this season's group stage. Kirsty Roxanne has more on Hayden Mullins' side. 
Blues were held to a frustrating 0-0 draw with Cheltenham Town at the weekend. However, it's time for a break from the league now. It's time to kick off this season's Papa John's Trophy. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. This season sees Pompey drawn in Group E of the Southern section of the trophy. With the opponents confirmed as League One rivals Leighton Orient, current League Two leaders Gillingham and the Fulham under-21s who play in the Premier League Two. First up for John Messino's side is the Fulham Academy outfit, who are led by a very familiar face. Manager. Former Blues midfielder Hayden Mullins was appointed head coach of the Fulham under-21s at the start of August, succeeding Steve Wigley, who has gone on to become Academy Technical Director. Mullins, who is now 44 years of age, represented Portsmouth between 2009 and 2012, making over 100 league appearances for the club. He retired in 2015 whilst at Notts County and began his post-playing days by taking up a role at Reading, which saw him oversee the development of the club's players who were sent out on loan. Since then, Mullins has managed the Watford under-23s, Colchester United and the Turks and the Kikos Islands national team. Prior to his stint in charge of Colchester, Mullins had also undertaken the role of caretaker boss of Watford's senior team on two separate occasions, however was never promoted to the position on a permanent basis. One to watch. 18-year-old Jamaican midfielder Delano McCoy-Splatt is our one to watch this week. McCoy-Splatt started his career at Dulwich Hamlet before making the move to Fulham. He has also already made his debut for the Jamaican national team, featuring in a 1-1 draw with Trinidad and Tobago. Top scorer. 20-year-old Marshall Goh is currently leading the way in terms of goals for the Fulham under-21s in the Premier League 2. The midfielder who arrived at the club last March opened his account with a brace on the opening day of the league season and followed that up with a third goal in the next match, in which he also missed a penalty. Go join the club in 2022, following progression through the youth setup at Dartford. Current form. The Fulham under-21s play in the Premier League 2, the top flight of football at academy level. So far this season, Hayden Mullins has led his side to two victories in their opening two matches, therefore earning six points and the current occupation of fifth place in the table. To reach his position, the Young Cottagers saw off the Wolves under-21s by three goals to two on the opening day before following that up with a 2-1 win over Manchester City at Mottspur Park. Fulham's under-21s were not involved in this competition last season. Can the Blues kick off their Papa John Trophies campaign with a win? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. Thank you, Kirsty. Right, Dave on the emails has got in touch uh, in regards to Saturday's 0-0 draw, saying terrible. Felt no better than a defeat. Pompey versus Bristol Rovers last season, we won 3-1 and against Cheltenham won 4-0. I make about four points down on last season, which does mean that we are chasing already. It's far too early to make meaningful forecasts, but if last season's total of 73 points translated as 69 next May, then we all know what that would mean. Those four points are important as they make the hill, but we need to climb this season a bit steeper unless we can soon start winning at play Places where victory eluded us in the last campaign. The supply lines from the wings just aren't working at the moment, and until they do, we will continue to not look like scoring. And don't be fooled by the two points per game average at the moment. Just take a look at the September fixtures. So very disappointing, Dave. Thank you very much. I didn't really want to take a look at the September fixtures because they scare me. Linda Mell has also got in touch. Well, that was an easily forgettable game on Saturday, apart from the Lionsman fiasco. We could have played until midnight, which it seemed we might have done, and you knew we weren't going to score. Unless we can break down teams like Cheltenham's, we will not gain promotion. We seem devoid of any ideas of how to break them down with regards to the linesman fiasco. Years ago, all you had, to, all you had was referee and two linesmen. If one got injured, they did a tannoy call to see if anyone had the credentials to run the line, which probably only took about five minutes, not 21. 
and they call this progress, says Linda. I wonder what the odds of this happening uh, were. Two matches in a row. Play at Pompey. Thank you, Linda, for getting in touch. A score prediction from Steve on Facebook for tomorrow night. Going for a 2-0 Pompey victory. Um, Mark McGee joins us over the telephone lines tonight. Mark, Fulham under-21s in the Papa John's Trophy tomorrow night. What kind of occasion, what kind of players do you expect to see feature for the Blues? I, I just expect us to put a fairly strong spine of a team out, and then uh, you know give the give the younger lads um, a run out. So uh, you know I, I expect to see Swanson in there, Raggett, uh, perhaps even I, I'd like to see players like uh, Regan Paul rested, Joe Morrell. You know our standout spine of the team players who I think this season have have, have made us tick a bit better than normal. Um, I think I think Kamara is definitely worth a run out, Sadie. Uh, just just all those players that haven't quite been able to get beyond the peripherals um, this season yet. I know Sadie's had a bit more uh, minutes in him, but it'd be nice to see him start. I think um, I do think those players uh, that I've mentioned, Sadie, Kamara, Swanson, there's not a lot separating them from first team no. involvement in no. the league at the moment. There, re- there really isn't. It's fine details. And um, if, if, I'm, if I'm honest, I think I was surprised to see both White and Scully retain their places on the weekend. Um, I think Kamara and, and Sadie are, are, are pushing. And I, I, I think Swanson is too. I think I think Rafferty looked great um, in the first few games of the season. Um, I know he's a bit rusty, but I, th- I think Swanson's really pushing that boundary now. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him come in soon. Mark, thank you very much. Let's uh, hear a bit of tea news, perhaps potentially, from John Messina. Matt Drabble caught up with the Blues gaffer earlier this afternoon at the Pompey training ground. John, starting with Saturday, a strange game. How do you sum that one up? Yeah, I think a strange game in terms of what we saw with the um, with the officials. Uh, nothing we can really do about that. And obviously we went a bit stop-start in the second half. But in terms of summing the game up, I thought we were completely dominant throughout 90 minutes without creating enough to, to win the game. And when we watched it back on Saturday night, that was the prevailing feeling as well. We just didn't quite do enough. We did have the better of the chances. We had the one that uh, hit the post and and a few sort of half chances in the second half. But overall, not quite enough to break Cheltenham down. That was the frustrating thing of the afternoon. Um, But yeah, we know we've got a bit of work to do there. I suppose a positive. Will Norris in the back line, another clean sheet for them. That must be incredibly pleasing for you. Yeah, we've got to build success off the back of clean sheets and we've done that over the past two games with the uh, Exeter game and, and obviously the Leighton Orient game as well. So happy with that. I, I didn't think that there was too much of a, a goal threat coming the other way this time. So it was a slightly different one than we'd seen over the past couple of weeks. But um, yeah, again, we, we will you know, build success on that and, um, and make sure that we hopefully supplement it with a bit of attacking flair as well. Looking at teams that come to Fratton Park to frustrate you, how much is it the responsibility of the players to solve those problems when they step over the white line? And how much can you and your staff do to prepare the side on the training ground? I think a bit of both. Uh, to be honest, I think um, how Cheltenham came and, and prepped, it wasn't a million miles from what they, we thought they'd do. We, we did think they would come and, and play a little bit more than they did. Certainly from, in the first few games, we'd seen that they had um, been a bit more expansive than they were at the weekend. So uh, I think probably put that down to the fact they really wanted to, to get in, dig in and get a point on the board, which they did, fair play. And then I think it's a mixture of both. The, the players know that a bit more creativity and bravery on the ball and a bit more inventiveness in the final third is needed. And, and from us, they probably need uh, you know, to keep working on the things that we have been working on um, pre-season and during the season which we've got a success we've obviously you know managed to score quite a few goals so far in the league and cup and um, you know we've, we've got to keep hammering down those principles and, um, and making sure they come off some days they don't unfortunately Saturday was one of those and it won't happen all the time but the more often we um, you know obviously the more often we, we score goals and, uh, and have that success then the better 
Kusini Yenge, obviously incredibly unfortunate news for him. What does it mean for the club specifically regarding transfer policy? I think it gives us just another question to, to answer. We got the news about uh, Cass late on Friday night. So, you know, we've um, been knocking our heads together over the weekend and, and seeing what that looks like. It just changes the dynamics slightly. We were, we were just looking at Tom Lowry's injury initially and now with, with Cass's injury, um, yeah, there's, there's a slightly different um, sort of dynamic thrown into the mix. So um, we're not imminently close to anything at the moment. We've, we've got a few options and, um, you know, we're still reviewing all of those and seeing where we are. So, yeah, not ruling anything out, but, but not saying anything's definitely going to happen. Looking forward to Tuesday night, an exciting chance for fans to perhaps get a look at some players they haven't seen so much of thus far. Yeah, exactly that. Um, and again, the reason we feel we're able to, to make these changes is because we, we think we're, we're really, really strong. And uh, you know, we're going to put out an incredibly strong team tomorrow night, in, in our opinion, that is going to go and um, look to win the game. So I think we've got that luxury at the moment. We've got a lot of players that have been unlucky not to feature a huge amount in the league. And it's a really good opportunity for them to go out tomorrow night and, and prove that they should be in the league side. The academy has been a big focus of the ownership and a big buzzword over the last couple of years. What sort of role will academy players play in this competition for you? Uh, the ones that deserve to play and, and play up because of their performances in the academy and because of what we see every day and, and the, you know, the feedback we get from everybody in the academy, those ones will be the ones that come and get involved and um, that's the only way I think you can, you can do it. It has to be right for the academy players to do um, and they have to earn the shirt. In terms of eligibility of loan players, what's their status with this competition? It's a bit of a mix across the board, but uh, for tomorrow night, we are going with the players that we have in the building and then possibly later on, um, we'll, we'll see about what it looks like in terms of um, having loan players come back and play this game. Thinking about the EFL Trophy as a whole, how do you view the competition? How do you view Portsmouth's strategy with this competition this season? We're going to go and try and win every game that we play, and that includes the, the EFL Trophy, and, and the, the club have got a rich history in terms of um, doing well in this competition, and uh, I think that's, you know, that's a real I think bonus for everybody, especially when we get to the latter stages. So I think that the answer is you know, we're, we're going to really relish the opportunity, really enjoy going and playing another home game and, and having a chance to um, you know, get some points on the board in the group, and, and who knows where it can go from there. And Ultimately, we're just going to approach every game as if we want to win it, and this is uh, exactly the same as any league game we'd have as well. The Papa John's Trophy then tomorrow night it kicks off Pompey against Fulham under 21s at Thrutton Park. A quick score prediction please Mark McGee. Yes Jake um, I think tomorrow I'm going to be looking at a 2-0 uh, Pompey victory. 2-0 thank you very much Mark. Alex? Wish we didn't have to play it but since we do I'll say 3-1 Pompey. Thank you very much. I'm going to go for 2-0 join us tomorrow from 7. All the unmissable action This is Pompey Live. It was an emphatic start to the season for Pompey's women. Quirk goes alone. There Next up, it's over to the men in the Papa John's Trophy as they host Fulham under 21s. Join us for all of the unmissable action Tuesday from 7. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. That's right, it is the game everyone looks out for when the fixtures are released. The opening game of the Papa John's Trophy for the new season. Pompey taking on the Fulham under-21s at Fratton Park. Who can't wait for that one? Alex Fletcher, thank you very much for joining me on the show tonight. It's been a pleasure, as always, to welcome you to the studio. Cheers, Jake. Thanks for having me on. And a big cheers as well to Mark McGee joining us over the powers of the internet this evening. Mark, thank you very much and enjoy the rest of your week, my friends. Uh, thanks for having me as always, Jake. 
Big thank you, of course, as well to Stagecoach Across for South for supporting another season of the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM. Big cheers to everyone who tuned in tonight and, of course, got in touch via the text, the tweets, the emails and the Express FM app as well. Your cooperation, your communication, very much appreciated, as it quite often is. Right, coming up after the uh, News at 7, then, the Soft Rock Show with Jeff and Aid between 7 and 9 o'clock. That 80 show returns with Kevin Stokes between 9 and 11, which is when Josh Bonus takes over with the Express Hits from 11pm through to the early hours of Tuesday morning. Pompey Live returns tomorrow evening from 7 o'clock. Myself, Connor Mosley and Henry Deacon on hand from Fratton Park for the visit of Fulham under 21s and the Papa John's Trophy. Until then, Blues fans, take care and good night.